Hello and welcome to today's episode of Small Screen Stories. This is the show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment and pop culture. It comes to you every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. And uh, there's a lot of stuff to go over, but before I get into all of that, uh, if you could like and subscribe, that'd be wonderful. If you could follow us on social media, that'd also be wonderful. You can follow us at Small Screen Co. That's on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me at EJ Lauder on Twitter if you so wish. And uh, if you would rather listen to this as a podcast, you can. You can find that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That's at Small Screen Stories. It comes out a couple of hours after this is aired live or over on YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. So hello to everyone that's watching wherever you're watching hello to all of you who are listening wherever you're listening and let's get straight into the news and the big news of the well is it the big news is is one of the bigger points uh, uh, today and that's that uh, WandaVision's Monica Rambeau is reportedly going to be in Doctor Strange 2 so this comes from giant freaking robots who uh, you know what their their scoops tend to be pretty much on the nose um, they do put a lot of stuff out there but they tend to be right and this actually makes a lot of sense so why does it make sense well because I believe there's a lot more that that's going to come as far, uh, especially with Monica Rambeau's character. So if you know Monica Rambeau from the comics, then you'll know that she actually uh, is powerful. She's very powerful. And it seems as though she might be getting some of those powers in the MCU. So she's played by um, Tiona Paris in uh, in WandaVision. She's brilliant. She There's... Um, a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of backstory there that we've yet to really uncover. So there's a lot of stuff involving um, uh, Captain Marvel, uh, especially with the death of her mother. And um, it seems as though she doesn't like Captain Marvel very much. At least that's the that's what we seem to be getting a hint towards. Anyway, in uh, in in one division, there's a there's a moment where her mother is referenced, and uh, seems that she. Uh, sorry, Captain Marvel's reference, and it seems that Monica's not a big fan of Captain Marvel's, but. What does this all mean? Well, it means that first off, I think I think Wanda, Wanda, um, sorry, Maximoff has actually given her some powers, or that like her being blasted out of uh, of uh, Westview in WandaVision, uh, it seems as though something's going on when she's being um, when she's being tested. They want to make take tests, and you know, of course, she's like, no, that's it. I don't want. Do not take any blood. Do not take any more tests. I'm pretty sure she's got some sort of um, she. Uh, what's it called? It's uh, some sort. Of, I can't remember the name of the energy, but there's some sort of energy that's linked to the Fantastic Four as well. That's uh, that they reference, which is why they're using uh, is to do with the the frequency that's being put out to the televisions. So I'm pretty sure she's going to get some of the powers she ends up getting in the in the comics, uh, which means she will be probably quite a big part of the MCU moving forward. Which I am. You know what? I'm all for. I think she's brilliant. Uh, I think Tiana Paris is wonderful uh, in the role. She's a really fascinating character and one that I think a lot of people want to see more of. So, you know what? I think Giant Freaking Robot are a spot on here, especially if there's multiverse stuff going on. It seems that there'll be a sword kind of presence in the movie, which I think is going to we're going to see more and more of in, in the future of the MCU. I think it's less shield and more sword. We've already seen the likes of um, Samuel L. Jackson kind of hanging out in a spaceship by the looks of it so he will obviously be part of sword or be involved in sword and i think monica rambo will be a big part of that as well and will probably end up being powered in some way in the future in of the mcu this will probably be revealed towards the end of uh wandavision anyway but let me know what you guys think about that is that something that you're looking forward to seeing uh it seems as though giant freaking robot are pretty certain that's going to happen let me know your thoughts in the comments below Right, let's move away from, that's the only bit of kind of Marvel movie news I have for you today. Uh, the rest is kind of a, a hodgepodge of 
other stuff. But let's move on to DC. So I'm pretty sure you've probably been aware of what's going on with uh, Ray Fisher, and he's been on Twitter a lot, talking a lot about the investigation that's been going on into um, into the what what went on whilst filming Justice League. And actually, there's going to be more about Joss Whedon coming up in a bit. But uh, it seems as though uh, Ray Fisher wants uh, DC Films' president, Walter Hamada, to apologize. So this is actually a tweet that he posted not too long ago. He said, Walter... Uh, I'll bring it up here for you guys. So there's the tweet. He said, Walter Hamada still owes an apology to the participants of the Justice League investigation. Accountability larger than entertainment. And um, it's been getting a lot of traction online. Uh, it's something that he is very, very, uh, feels very passionate about. Um, you know, the whole I stand with Ray Fisher uh, hashtag is trending today. And there's a reason why. Um, and uh, he's, he's really, I've said this before, he's really put his career on the line for this. And um, he's... It looks as though, I mean, he's not going to be in the Flash movie as Cyborg. It seems as though his days playing Cyborg are numbered, which is unfortunate. We are going to get him in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and I'm I'm, I'm hearing that he's going to be the heart of that movie. So hopefully his performance in that will mean that he'll get other stuff possibly in the DC Comics universe, but we don't know. I mean, I I think he's kind of, as far as like him and Warner Brothers are concerned, I think it's pretty much over. But does does Walter Hamada need to apologize? That's the, that's the thing. He is the president of DC Films. But then again, he wasn't actually involved in the making of uh, Justice League. It seems as though what Ray Fisher has more issue with is the fact that Walter Hamada never really said anything and didn't really, it seemed as though he didn't take the uh, investigation seriously, which uh, is something that's pretty bad. But then, as I said in the article, it really does seem as though the higher-ups over at Warner Brothers are going to get away with this. At least, uh, they basically pins all the blame on Joss Whedon, which is fine, but it seems as though there are more people involved. Jeff Johns is, some, is a name that keeps on coming up, and Ray Fisher seems to be very adamant that he wants him to be um, fired from, um, from, <laughs> from Warner Brothers or DC Films, and he's actually still involved. So... You know, there are some people that have gone. There are still some people that are, that are there. And I think Ray Fisher really wants people... Uh, he wants all the people involved to be held accountable, which is fair enough. Uh, he then, uh, a couple of weeks ago, he leaked an audio, uh, well, recording between him and supposedly the investigator that was doing the investigation into um, what was going on on the set of Justice League. Uh, this was when Joss Whedon was in charge. And she was saying that he was a very credible uh, witness, and he was very, you know, he 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 was always there to talk to, and he was very helpful. And um, you know, so I I kind of it's annoying that that Ray Fisher has to keep on kind of defending himself. I think what he's doing is admirable because again, you can't you have to put yourself into his shoes. The guy is putting his career on the line for this, and um, I don't think people really think about that, which is a shame because. He is a really, really talented... I think he's a really talented actor. I think he's a great cyborg. And I think he was um, kind of done a misservice uh, by what happened um, to him and what is happening to him. But let me know what you think about all of this in the comments below. Right, Zack Snyder has been talking a lot, actually, about his Justice League uh, film. that's coming out in a couple of weeks now. It's not that far away from release, which is really exciting. But he actually was speaking to Vanity Fair. So I spoke a bit about this yesterday, and he revealed... um, uh, some scenes uh, involving, well, a scene in particular involving um, Jared Leto's Joker and Ben Affleck's Batman in his cut of Justice League, which is coming out on March 18th, I believe. And uh, this was in an article with, with Vanity Fair. In the same article, he also gave us a first look 
proper, first proper look at uh, at Jared Leto's new Joker. Uh, well, it's the same Joker, but a new look Joker. And he looks, I think, pretty good. I, I really like the way he looks. I think he looks very good in that. Uh, and so what's what's been going on? Uh, what is this scene about? And apparently the Joker... Uh, the the Joker is actually going to have a scene specifically with Batman, which uh, so he confirms so Snyder confirmed that Joker will be part of the nightmare sequence, and this will also explain why Batman had a Joker card on his gun in that nightmare sequence in Batman versus Superman, and uh, Snyder also revealed that uh, Joker will be Batman's guide into the dark world that could uh, happen on uh, on Earth if the League fails to stop the nightmare from coming true. So this is what uh, Zack Snyder said. So he said, the cool thing about this scene is that it's Joker's Sorry, it's Joker talking directly to Batman about Batman. It's Joker analysing Batman about who he is and what he is. That's the thing I also felt like fans deserved from the DC Universe. That's to say the Jared uh, Jared Leto Joker and the Ben Affleck Batman, they never really got together. It seemed uncool to me um, that we would make it all this way through this incarnation of Batman and Joker without seeing them come together. And he's completely right. He is completely right. Uh, it is nice that we, we're going to get this scene. It is only one scene, so I think it's probably going to be about two minutes long. Uh, and it's going to be kind of um, <laughs> almost like Joker being Batman's shrink in a weird way. But you know what? I'm all for it. I think it's going to, it sounds like a really cool scene. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think um, Jared Leto's Joker actually looks really good. Uh, I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to that. Let me know what you think about that in the comments below. Is this something you'd like to see? Are you looking forward to it? Let me know your thoughts. Right, moving on, and moving on to the new Predator movie. So this is this is being directed by, and I'm going to butcher his name, and I'm really sorry, but Dan Trackenberg. I hope I said that properly. So he directed a really good film called Ten Cloverfield Lane, and that's actually one of the only, I think, the only feature-length movie he's directed. And then it was revealed that he'll be making a Predator movie. Of course, Predator is now part of like the DC, the, sorry, not the, DC, the Disney universe. Now that Disney owns 20th Century Fox, they own that franchise. Uh, so they revealed that, that yes, the, the Predator movie is happening. At the moment, it's kind of being called Skull or Skulls. Um, that's like the working title. But M- Murphy's Multiverse has actually revealed some details, apparently, of the film. So if you don't want to know anything about this movie then um, t- just turn the sound off because <laughs> uh, there are potential spoilers. But again, I don't know how accurate their reporting is, but they do tend to be quite accurate, um, Murphy's Multiverse. So they're basically saying, so I've given you your spoiler warning, they're saying this is going to be very different from the previous Predator films. So the film is going to follow a rebellious 15-year-old called Ki and her 18-year-old brother, Tabe. Um, they're part of the Comanche people in the United States, so that the nation is it's a nation now. Uh, they call themselves the Comanche Nation, and the brother is destined to be the chief of their tribe. Uh, however, after a hunt, he thinks he doesn't need a sister anymore, which causes friction between the siblings. So she then goes out on a hunt on her own in order to prove to her brother that. Um, sorry, I wrote this <laughs> pretty badly. Uh, in order to prove her worth to her brother. This is where she'll end up running into a predator who will actually end up saving her life and her entire tribe. So this really does sound like a different take on a predator movie to me. It sounds completely different. Uh, it's, I mean, normally there, there are kind of some movies where the predator isn't actually a villain. I think Predators, you have a kind of good predator in that. And apparently The Predator, the last one, which I watched, but I must have, I really, I've forgotten most of it. I thought it was that bad, which is such a shame because I love Shane Black, but that movie was just not good. But apparently the predator in that wasn't bad, but he was still killing people. So 
it's something that they've got to be really careful about because you know at its core well the predators are predators so it will be killing people it will be killing things at least in this movie so making it um making it a like an anti-hero in a weird way yeah it could work but this to me I, I, i'm not i it's it's different i suppose but it's not really something that i'm I, I suppose how can you make another predator film you've got to think of another way of making it this is probably the only story they can think of that would make any sense uh I, it sounds to me like it's actually going to be there's going to be no dialogue in the movie at all uh, or, or like um that that's that would be quite interesting actually a, almost a silent predator movie or it's going to be uh there's going to be a language but not one that we're familiar with um which could also be be interesting uh, again this this is speculation like could it be set before like before the united states was a thing um could it be set yeah i think that'd be quite cool i think like way way going way way back in time and having that be really really early and quite primitive maybe but then again this i mean it seems as though it's going to be kind of well if we're taking this at face value this this uh, plot detail this plot reveal uh, then it seems as though it's going to be very much focused on this tribe um you know fine i'm not i'm not going to judge it until i see it or at least see well i don't even judge films by their trailers so until i see the movie i can't really say anything about what it's actually going to be like if it's going to be any good or not it sounds fascinating whether or not it's going to be good that remains to be seen there hasn't actually been a decent predator film made since actually predators i thought was actually all right with uh is it adrian brody in that movie uh the first Predator is brilliant. I love that film, the Arnold Schwarzenegger film. The second one is a bit meh. It's all right. And then, was there a third one? I don't know if there was a third one. There was Predators and then The Predator. And then there were all the Predator versus Alien films, which are just awful. But I kind of have a weird fascination with them. I think they're quite fun. Uh, I liked, I quite liked the Paul W.S. Anderson one. I'm going to be honest. That's probably, you're probably going to switch off now. But I actually thought that one was all right. Um... But again, that was another Predator film in which the Predator was actually the good guy. And those Predator, those Predator versus Alien films, Alien versus Predator films, they weren't good films, but I kind of have it. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine that at least the first one is. I can't, remember, I can't even remember the second one. But let me know what you think about that in the comments below. Right, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog news. So we've actually got uh, a title for Sonic the Hedgehog, the sequel, and it's called Sonic the Hedgehog 2. <laughs> but the I'll show you the logo because the logo kind of makes it well it pretty much confirms that tails is going to be in in the movie uh let me get that up for you um so there you can see the the two is very much a tails and uh sonic the hedgehog there so the first film i thought the first film was all right I'll, I'll actually put it in like the top three video game adaptations ever like you know to the big screen or small screen i think castlevania is probably number one for me but um I think it was actually a decent kids film uh, and, and I, I enjoyed it and, I, and it ended up making 320 million I think at the worldwide box office which is pretty good for that film. Uh, Sonic looked terrible in the first trailer so they, they took it right back to the drawing board and completely redesigned the character. Now they've got good designs for those characters so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to come up in this second film. I hope it's good, it's Paramount and apparently um paramount pictures wants jason momoa to play to voice knuckles which is an interesting choice because knuckles is kind of a a bit of a uh, a more kind of 
like butch version of Sonic, I suppose, is a bit angry as well. And there's often sometimes a villain in the comic in the not comics in the in the games and in the cartoon, I believe that it started off that way. So I think that's pretty interesting casting that comes from the Illuminati. So again, they're another one of these scoop sites that do actually uh, they, they do a pretty good job with their scoops. They tend to be more right than wrong. Um, but let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Is a Sonic the Hedgehog sequel something you're excited for? Are you do you like the idea of Jason Momoa uh, voicing? Uh, Knuckles, sorry, in that in that sequel. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Right, moving on and moving on to our exclusive, it's an exclusive of ours, and that's that the Batman animated series sequel is in the works for HBO Max. It seems to be a good day for sequels today. Uh, this was revealed to us by a source that re was um, is reportedly close to Warner Brothers Animation. The reason I say reportedly is because I wasn't actually able to confirm whether they actually did like have real links to to Warner Brothers animation I'll be completely honest with you there but they were able to offer me um enough proof that I was like okay I I, I believe what you're saying is happening and uh it was also corroborated by some other sources that I then asked that I um I do work I have worked with in the past and I do trust these guys so you know it seems as though this is happening uh this is actually posted uh, by Daniel Rickman that they were working on it um, or was getting a sequel, but it did, there, there wasn't really much information on that. And again, Daniel Rickman posts, he puts his things behind a paywall, so I couldn't actually read what he wrote about that to kind of see whether his information was the same as mine. But apparently, like, other, other reports were saying that it was. But um, it didn't seem to mention, like, HBO Max, for instance, which is what I was told, and that, um, you know, this comes after Batman, the animated series, and Batman Beyond are both coming to HBO Max. We do know that those two shows are definitely coming so what did the source say the source actually said uh so this was the first bit i, like, I always put these uh, direct quotes in so it's yes i can confirm that the that a sequel series is in the works and bruce tim will be working on the show so then uh, i was asking for a bit more information i was pushing i was like is kevin conroy going to be in it for instance which you can't really make this show and not have kevin conroy and then the source said as it source said sorry as it stands kevin conroy is attached to voice batman in the sequel series and then i asked about mark hamill because <laughs> you know it was very uh, little bits of information every time it went, it went on for quite a while this and then uh, they said that uh, things aren't so clear regarding Mark Hamill. I can't confirm that he'll be back to play the Joker. Um, I can't confirm that the Joker will even be involved in the series at all. So that was the last bit of, um, like, uh, the, the, the last thing that this source told me. And uh, so, you know, after it was corroborated by multiple people, I thought, well, I'll run with it. And it's something that I think kind of, is a no-brainer to be honest I'm going to be completely honest with you it's one of these shows that's it like when was it in the, it was in the 90s it was when I was young like younger uh when I was a kid it came out and it's brilliant the animated series is brilliant of course it has um Kevin Conroy as Batman has um Mark Hamill as the Joker in it and uh, I think it would make sense to bring both of them back to be honest I don't really think you could make a sequel series and it not have Mark Hamill in it as the Joker I'm pretty sure he'd be up for it uh, I know for a fact that Kevin Conroy would definitely be up for uh, playing Batman again for voicing Batman again it's one of his uh, the favorite his favorite things to do and uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing him do it uh, or voice it and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of stories that Bruce Tim comes up with because one of the things about the Batman animated series that was so good was the storytelling and it was a really well written show and there are some 
Of course, there are some uh, some episodes that weren't as good as others, but there are some really standout episodes. The, the ones with um, uh, Mr. Freeze in it, for instance, were incredible, really, really well written. And it's a very, uh, I was talking to um, to somebody about it the other day and they, they were actually, they actually got to speak to Kevin Conroy about the show. And Kevin Conroy apparently was saying how the thing that he really loves about the show and just playing that version of Batman in general is how human all the characters are, not just Batman, but also the villains. And that's something that I think they really got the villains right in that show. And that's why I think it's so popular. It's why it stood the test of time. And it's why people are really excited for a sequel. And uh, I am as well, as you can probably tell. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Is this something that you're looking forward to? Let me know your thoughts in the comments. Right, moving on. Um, the Flash Season 7 has a release date. Uh, so the on the CW, so it's coming out on the 2nd of March, which is good. That's the premiere. Uh, it's just been renewed for a season eight, which means we're going to get this season and then, and then another season. And that will probably be the last season of The Flash, I think. I think they're going to be winding up these, uh, these CW DC Comics shows, I'm pretty sure, quite soon. But eight seasons is still a very, very good run. Um, right, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Season 7 is now available on Netflix. So Season 7 is actually only 10 episodes long. And they they kind of cut it short because of the Black Lives Matter protests. And they thought that it would be morally wrong to, to release the episodes or do the episodes they were thinking of doing because of what happens and, and the the terrible circumstances and the, the just awful the, the riots that were happening not the riots sorry the protests that were happening in the United States and actually over here in the UK and in France um, it was a big moment and they felt that they couldn't continue that show the way they'd written it and they wanted to bring it to kind of take it back to the drawing board and see how they could carry it on I don't actually know if they're going to be making a season eight of the show that, that it was renewed for a season eight and I believe a season nine actually uh, it was bought by NBC. That they, they they got the rights to it after it had originally been cancelled. It's a very popular show. The thing is, it's about a very a subject matter at the moment, which is actually it's quite difficult. It's you know it takes place in a police in a police precinct in New York. Uh, sorry, no, in Brooklyn, and um, it's not an easy thing to you know it's not an easy thing to get right at the moment. They have to be very very careful, and I think the the showrunners and everybody involved in the show was very aware of that, which is why they kind of stopped the episodes when they did, like not even halfway through the season, which is a shame. But um, if you're a fan of the show, but it's also good because they can get things right. Uh, right, the Mandalorian is more popular than WandaVision, according to um, a new report. So this comes from Parrot Analytics. And they're, um, uh, okay, full disclosure, they don't actually get the numbers, all right? So a lot of this is, I don't know how they get it. Apparently they have a lot of data and they do it via correlating the data and finding out which shows are, are the most popular. So they came out with the top three. So in at number one, weirdly, was Cobra Kai, which I'm a bit, I mean, I like that show, but I'm a bit surprised that it's at number one. Uh, then it was The Mandalorian and then it was WandaVision. So they did actually uh, talk about it a bit in a blog uh, post, so... They said that WandaVision is 60 times more desirable than an average television show. Uh, the Mandalorian, <clears throat> sorry, is 63.1 times more desirable. And Cobra Kai is 65.3 times more desirable. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, WandaVision apparently climbed to number one spot in the rankings this week. It finally knocked Stranger Things out of the top three digital originals. While demand for this Disney Plus original was up by 21% this week, it was still unable to unseat either The Mandalorian or Cobra Kai. So 
I love Cobra Kai. I think Cobra Kai is great, but I'm pretty surprised that uh, that it's so high up that list. I didn't know it was so popular, but it's a good thing. It's a really good show, so I'm, I'm really happy for it. The Mandalorian is on its second season, so naturally the interest in that will probably be higher than WandaVision, which is just starting out. Um, and it's only it's really episode five that's really got people very, very interested in the show. So we'll probably be waiting around for, you know, for another couple of weeks until that overtakes the Mandalorian. But I think it will. I do think it will. Right. Final bit of news. And this I wanted to spend a bit of time on because it's a big bit of news. And that's that um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's Charisma Carpenter has revealed the extent of Joss Whedon's bullying while she was filming uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. She was in both shows. Um, so it's I really do. Uh, I I think you should all go and read her um, tweets. So she posted a statement about what was going on uh, while she filmed, uh, while she was working with Joss Whedon on both shows, and it really is quite. It's not nice. It doesn't. It doesn't make for nice reading because. Uh, I'll be. I'll be completely honest with you. I was growing up. Um, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer was one of my favorite shows firefly was one of my favorite shows angel was one of my favorite shows i loved for instance the first avengers film and um i was really a big fan of of joss whedon's i thought joss whedon his the shows he made were were brilliant i thought the films he he like afterwards the avengers movies maybe not so much age of ultron but i really did think avengers was incredible and reading all of this, it's just, it's really upsetting because you, you find out what these people are really like. I mean, it's the same, I suppose it could be the same, or not, I mean, it's not really on the same level as a, like a Roma Polanski or, or you know, um, uh, <laughs> forgetting his name, but, you know, there, there, uh, there are a lot of directors out there and people that you respect and, well, that, that you would not so much admire, but you, you admire their work let's say it's a really difficult thing to talk about and then you find out what they're really like behind the scenes and it's just terrible it's it's really horrible it's cruel the the things i'm not going to read the her whole statement i think you should go and 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 read it for yourselves but she did give the caption my truth and then hashtag i stand with ray fisher so this is again is what i was alluding to at the beginning of the show is something that uh ray fisher has really started um as, as far as Joss Whedon's concerned, there has been talk about this before. I mean, his uh, Joss Whedon's ex-wife was has actually spoken about this in the past as well, and said that he's uh, he's a bully, that he's um, he just uh, he manipulates people, and um, you know this this is something now over the last couple of years that's been get, been out there, and it seems as I'm pretty sure this will probably open up the floodgates to more people um, talking about him and and speaking out against him and. and you know things like calling her fat when she was pregnant and it's just not that is just not any way you should treat a human being let alone like you shouldn't treat your employee that way it's a workplace environment first of all um you sh you wouldn't want to go to work and be treated like that uh, by anybody um you're a human you wouldn't want to be treated like that by any by another human either it's just not it's not f fair it's not nice it's not kind it's not it's not human it's not human um, and the way the way he has put people down over the years and has I mean Charisma Carpenter was you know she, she was a pretty, a pretty had a pretty big part on those shows and um, it's something that she talks about the the anxiety she's felt since since that and that's you know 
could could you say that someone like Joss Whedon almost kind of ruined her career? She played a, a um, Cordelia Chase in in uh, Buffy and an Angel, and you know that that again, it's just it's so it's so upsetting because it's really not something that you should that you want to read. It's not something. Imagine if you were at work and someone was like that to you. Of course, you would go to HR, but it's very different if you're in an environment where i mean i'm pretty sure there are loads of different envi- i know there are loads of different environments where this is pro- this is the case but where the it's the director and the, and the creator of something or there's like the ceo for instance is directly saying you will lose your job if you don't do this you know and i've we've heard like reports of uh, what he was trying to get gal gadot to do on the set of justice league and you know it's a <clears throat> if you watch these things again now it's probably you know it comes up as being uh, some of his stuff, some of his work is a bit suspect as well. And um, uh, before I, I, I finish the show, I want to make sure that Charisma Carpenter was also, she was in The Expendables, she was in Veronica Mars, she was in Charmed. So she's, you know, she's she's been in a lot of stuff since, but she was definitely, so it's not like Joss Whedon ruined her career, uh, which he was actually, if you read her statement, is she was re- he was really threatening to do. He was threatening to get her sacked and, and things like that and it's just it's just terrible for a young actor's self-esteem to have to go through that and um you know refusing to to take her calls when she was pregnant so that she didn't have to film at one o'clock in the morning which apparently he was asking people to do and asking her to do and that he had his favorites and he was bullying a lot of people on set so i'm hoping this will be the end of him uh i hope he doesn't work again because you, you can't you can't get away with treating people like that uh, you really can't, and um, I know I know it sounds like I'm probably blabbing about this now, but it, it's something that I really do feel very strongly about, and um, I, I hope I, I think uh, Joss, Whedon, Joss Whedon will get his just desserts, and that he won't really be able to do anything in in the, in the entertainment industry anymore. He he left uh, his show The Nevers, and it seems as though that was a result of the uh, ju- the Justice League investigation. So. As far as Joss Whedon is concerned, I'm pretty sure he's over, uh, which is a good thing. Um, and I mean, we knew that he was doing this kind of stuff, but it's still quite, when you read it like this, and the the, the tweet's gone viral. So, uh, you know, she's got over almost 50,000 likes and 18,000 retweets. So, it's, you know, it's done. She, it's good. It's, she's got her story out there. Um, you know, it's, of course, Joss Whedon was someone that has was definitely protected by people. Uh, and uh, it was made difficult to say anything against him for a long, long time. He was still getting, you know, got the Avengers gig, he got the Avengers Age of Ultron gig, he got the Justice League gig. He was actually given the Batgirl gig to direct that film, to write and direct it, which, you know, thinking back to that, you think, oh my God, get giving him that, considering how he's treated women. Uh, I say good riddance. And with that, I'll say goodnight. Thank you so much for watching and listening. Again, if, if you could like and subscribe, that'd be wonderful. If you could follow us on social media at Small Screen Co., that would also be very, very helpful. Uh, if you could follow me as well as EJ Lauder, that'd be wonderful. Uh, if you'd rather listen to this as a podcast, you can. You can find that wherever you get your podcasts at Small Screen Stories. And if you listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, then please give us a five-star rating. That'd be really lovely i'm trying to come up with another word than wonderful and with that i'll say goodbye thank you so much for watching and and have a lovely evening or morning wherever you are and i'll see you back here tomorrow cheers goodbye